And this pack of merry grifters grifts once again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that could be that could be the new motto for the entire country. I feel like the entire country has gone from uh, taking you know one week away from being the oppressed victims of a brutal system, and all of America has become one collective pack of merry grifters. Yeah. I mean, this has been a while. Yeah. You made that tweet like yesterday talking about like the economy's fucked up frowny face. And a month later, it's like the economy's fucked up party face. <laughs> and, and January, which by the way, we're here at the end of January, which is got to just be one of the weirdest, most surreal, most drama filled months in human history. You know, the, the coup and the storming of the Capitol and all the other shit that was just a, like a month ago that happened this month. No, it happened a year ago. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's been it's been weird. Yeah, it's been super weird. It's been a wild month. I think that my favorite tweet that I saw wasn't unfortunately anything that I wrote, but I saw one where someone was like posted like rich people, you know, six hundred dollars is a lot of money if you invest some of it, and then it's like rich people dot dot dot, and then it's like rich people. Okay, wait, no, stop. <laughs> I thought that yeah, was yeah, like, exactly. like just that was like the mood of the the week, basically. Just look at this fucking nonsense uh, that is our economy. Take a close look at it. Actually, spend some time with it. See what it's about. What's good is the more that you study the economy, the more that you realize that it's super bullshit. Like, yeah. Like if somebody like the fact that like you've got to explain like what's going on to like a, a major portion of the like the American public or whatever and it needs like oh we've made this series of tiktoks to explain to you what short selling is people know that like financial regulations literally don't exist to regulate anything like literally it's yeah. written by lobbyists so that the people who are writing the laws can make more money and the laws get more and more byzantine to create more and more ways to like screw people over and if you are someone who, and just for history's sake, you're listening to this a year from now, the big GameStop crunch happened this week. Just some hedge funds bet against GameStop for more than the company was worth, and the internet decided that they were just going to bangerang these guys. The problem is the guys have tons of money, and they got Robinhood to like involuntarily sell the stock that people own. Which is so incredible to me because, you know, we, as people who are like on the left, we have to like embrace practicality to some extent. Like we've really got to think carefully about what are we doing? What are the returns of the action? Is this, you know, an effective way to organize our time, money, attention? Right. I love that these guys can get like drunk off some Hennessy and call an app and shut it down. That's really mind blowing. And the, the funny thing is, you just talked about how we have to, like, decide how to effectively spend our time, blah, blah. They can just get drunk and do that. And in the end, it didn't even work. But, like, who cares? Like, they have that power, right? It bought them, like, a couple of It bought them a day. Oh, it would have been worse had they not done it. Let's be clear. Right. It would have been, right, like, it prevented a more catastrophic situation Um, and blah, blah, blah. In the end, the gamers still kind of won. But, like... It's Wait, did, we that, have, did anyone have did anyone have on their 2021 bingo that gamers would finally rise up? Damn. Yo, word. <laughs> we can mark one down. We can mark one down. I think that's left flank that that, that Wait, didn't we say something up. about yeah or one of the I swear we said something about gamers rising up. I know, I know. It's real. So now that it's, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's happened. It's an event that's in progress, a strange historical event with the stock market. Yeah. 
By the time this comes um, out, it, it'll be more over, maybe. But probably yeah, still not probably, fully resolved. Right. But it will probably be either climaxing or have reached a climax. Yeah. And so it's GameStop. Do you have any GameStop? No. Do you have any AMC? No, I bought a little Nokia. Me too. April bought a little of everything. And Grav is all in on Nokia. Yeah. Some so, of my other friends are in on it too. And, you know. I hope that it works out for everybody. The thing is, is it's not, this is a game to some extent. Now we can get into, and we probably should, some of the specifics about how like we may be getting screwed entirely by like the games of rich people or something like that. But to an extent, there's going to be some hedge fund when they look back, like in a couple of years, it'll be like some hedge fund that actually made most. I would of course, yeah. Who else can like put $100,000 like they see this opportunity? Those are the ones that can like pump that price. Well, and who else can benefit off of it at a certain point, right? Because for like the small person, you know, who's just poor and just trying to get it, you know, get something out of it. You're hoping for like a big payout on a relatively small buy-in. But for a hedge fund, they're fine with just bumping up the percentages a little on the line. And so, you know, some hedge fund looked at GameStop when it was on its initial rise and it was at like 50 bucks or something and was like, yep buy a hundred thousand shares and like they yeah they they may bank and in fact they might not have done it it might have been a computer like trading goes so fast like you know somebody's got an algorithm but there are so many people who like lost everything in 08 and they don't give a shit about the money like especially because 90 percent of people how much money can they put in the stock market to set on fire despite the worst people in the world like a few hundred bucks right like nobody has any money to spare We've all, like, everybody's been devastated the last decade. Right. On the other hand, if this is a game of who blinks... Um, We're not... The people then, are not going to blink, I don't think. Because right. Because their bills are not doing the same way. These guys are, like, literally must pay it. Yeah, it's a lot different when, like, your entire business's income for the month or something is on the line, like, millions of dollars. Versus, like, you know, a lot of poor folks are like, yeah, I might lose 50, 100, couple hundred bucks. Who cares? Like, yeah, it's not know? gonna make you not losing a hundred dollars is not gonna make you not poor anymore. And it, it, right, it's like people will think that that's some kind of proof that poor people aren't poor, but it's like no, it's the opposite. It's that like we're just used to being no, fucking nickel and dimed. Um, nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Right, and we're like I said, we're used to being fucking nickel and dime. How often do you get just some random ass charge for something that you can't get out of? That's like you know two hundred dollars from the bank or something like that. Yeah. And so you just, at a certain point, you just feel like, why wouldn't I sometimes just waste 50 bucks? Who knows when a financial institution is going to make me do that shit anyway? Yeah, you overdraw by like 25 cents from your bank and they hit you with a damn, you know, massive fee. It's infuriating. Yeah. And this entire thing, this entire thing, though, and the thing that I'm worried about is that, like, because of the nature of this thing, like, there will be people who are going to be left holding the bag. Like, they'll show up, like, a few hours late, or they'll buy, like, they'll think there's going to be another rally, and they'll buy back. Like, it's going to go back to the value of GameStop, whatever that value is. Right. In two weeks, GameStop is going to be worth, like, I don't know, 12 bucks or whatever. Um, yeah. 
and like people that think it's going to be like this Bitcoin-esque thing are forgetting that like Bitcoin is like able to just have this infinite inflation aspect because it's this dumb made up thing. Well, but, no, like, no, 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 no. Actually, I want to I want to actually chime in. Bitcoin, yeah. what's super interesting about Bitcoin is that it's a big supply. In order to like mine new Bitcoin, you've got to go and go through the math and all that other stuff. And I think Bitcoin is maybe less inflationary than other coins that have like an unlimited supply. Oh, but, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is one of the reasons why it's done so well. Like it's been super solid. And it partially, some of that is mindshare. Like it just gets talked about so much because it appeals to like the most talkative people online. Sure. Like the libertarians, the tech guys. What I'm getting at, though, is that, yeah. like, Bitcoin never has to come back and face reality, because what reality? There's nothing, there's right. nothing tied to it. But at some oh, point, yeah. stocks have to face reality. That's how the stock market works. We've seen this over and Bitcoin over again. Bitcoin isn't required by law to do, like, a statement every three or four months explaining that, like, actually, Bitcoin, I, I don't know who's buying into this. Like, you do have to do that with a traditional stock. You have to do like an earnings report and have a certain amount of, I mean, there's spin, obviously, like there's incredible spin in the finance route, but there yeah, is so like a certain amount of like transparency with shareholders. Yeah. And there's tons of speculation and inflation and blah, blah in the stock market. Don't get me wrong. But at some point it gets grounded back to a reality of here's where the company's right. at. And like, yeah, these people that think that they can just turn GameStop into the new Bitcoin. No, there's a real company attached to this. And like, eventually the company is going to like go bankrupt or something. And it doesn't matter if the value of GameStop is technically $500 a share. The company's still going to go under and suddenly you're holding the bag regardless. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. And yeah, sure, it's true that like, as long as we all collectively decide that GameStop is worth all that money than it is. But when we started, we were talking about how there are a few big investors that are super behind this. And not that it's them exclusively, but there are whales. That's just how the stock market works. And when they feel like the number is irresistible, they're going to like get their money and like it's going to dip and we'll see whether people are willing to hold. And this is part of why, you know, Reddit is telling everybody like don't cash out even though the number's so high. Because no matter how high the number gets, it's more pain to those guys on Wall Street. Yeah. And that's the point for a lot of people. And I get that. And it's a speculative bubble. Like, yeah. that's just the nature of bubbles. And someone's going to get left holding the bag. And all of us, like, it's an entire generation that either was or is close to someone who was, like, left holding the bag in 08. And maybe you didn't get the euphoria of, like, getting away with something like the GameStop people are having because like it was the Bush administration and that was like considered like how it was supposed to be in America was everybody got a house and yeah. it wasn't until 08 that people oh wait actually not so much yeah I um, mean I grew up very poor but it was still often talked about by like a lot of my family members including my parents like oh you know home ownership it's not easy to achieve but you can do it and then after 08 it was kind of like good luck kid yeah, nobody really talks about, at least of that older generation, they don't talk about buying houses. I think they saw enough that, like, at least to their younger relatives. I know there are plenty of bougie, you know, older people that are living in there because there's such a generational wealth gap. 
Well, and because there is that generational wealth gap, there are still people who don't get it and who are yeah. who will be out there racking their brain trying to figure out why don't millennials own houses? What's the fucking deal? And then that's where you get these like bizarro think pieces that are like, you know, calculating the average cost of a Starbucks coffee and multiplying them by like a certain number of millennials and dividing it by a certain number of houses and like, <laughs> you know, trying to convince you that we millennials just have some bizarre set of spending habits that prevents us from home ownership. That's like, th that's all they can come up with because they can't like see the truth or I guess they don't want to. Yeah, that's part of it too. I think people just don't want to like face their own complicity in this total shit show that we've had just the last couple decades. And this is going to get us another one star review, but like everybody knows like history. You don't have to explain it to people. Yeah, some boomer will be mad at this episode yeah so i'm being discriminated <laughs> like man like I, I, have you guys and like obviously just numerically speaking there are many many boomers and so just as a numerical fact many of them are super cool sure of course however same goes for gen x who i'm about to shit on yeah yeah i don't know if you can like look at america from gingrich to now be like this was a good run and the people who made these decisions have good values <laughs> no like i don't know it's a big mess it really um, seems like a lot of these people just have that got theirs mentality i don't really yeah. know what else to say because it's like the attitude that you get a lot of the time is sure things are fucked up but they're not really fixable and whatever and that kind of nihilism can only really be predicated or like built upon a foundation of a situation where like you're relatively comfortable yeah all these like Gen X nihilists who are like nothing matters blah blah they all like have like 60k jobs and live in a house um yeah yeah, yeah. they you all know work what I mean? for IBM yeah they um, all work in the drone program and they've all got rose emoji ironically a lot of yeah. those gen xers and boomers got to like do the jobs that they were passionate about even yeah you know they got to like pick their path a lot more so than like a lot of younger folks and then so like the thing is is like they just go to work and they're a corporate drone for ibm for like 80k a year or whatever they come home you know their house is decent and uh, you know they hang out with their family and they all have fucking families they all have fucking kids and uh like when the younger generations start trying to explain that like hey it seems like some of the financial situations that we're being left with particularly the 08 crash being like really a huge thing aren't giving us a lot of opportunities their response was basically to look around at their comfort and say i'm not gonna go outside of my comfort for you yeah yeah hey listen speaking of houses did you know that in the past according to rumor tulips were more expensive than buying a new house in the 1500s i'm sorry what tulips have you heard of tulip mania it is history's first and maybe greatest speculative bubble kennedy i have heard a little about tulip mania okay well before, i'll, I'll but... tell you like the, the 30 45 second story of tulip mania yeah give tulips, me the dish tulips are from turkey and so these 
people were seeing these tulips for the first time. And in the same way that, you know, they were bringing back chocolate for the first time, and people were going crazy about that, cinnamon, tulips were like a flower that they hadn't seen before, which means that rich people bought it and started like displaying it or whatever. And so initially, in the same way that like a diamond ring has been associated with marriage because it's expensive, ah. tulips became expensive because they were expensive and the flowers like if you if you know about tulips like they snap off like all the time or the flowers will like fall off so yeah. they were you know growing them and it took a lot of time and effort to like ship them and bring them in in place and this thing and tulip mania is a little bit exaggerated according to historical record but like the highest quality tulips were costing like a couple hundred grand like it was nuts no so whenever I, yeah, and they started trading tulips, like they started using it as a, uh, as soft currency, like in the of same course. way that like we use, yeah, yeah. In the same way that we use like stocks. Well, no, let me also, let me chime in as the person who's lived rural a bunch and say yeah. that like every, every rural person <laughs> experiences this kind of stuff, because if you are like producing food or you know how to fix tools or you know something or you have something people just swap that stuff around because if there's not enough cash around but there's high value products then you just start swapping the products yeah and much like the GameStop incident tulip mania didn't soak the very poor because why would it because they can't afford tulips it was really like the people that were in that game that got it and also i don't know if they understood like women bust in the same way like i don't know if they were there was a, a liz warren of the netherlands that was like talking about irresponsible speculation or anything like that the tulip income trap oh <laughs> let's go <laughs> that's a great one way to go that's why that's why we do it god damn it listen <laughs> Okay, so in addition to like by Elizabetta Warina. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. But like as funny as that is, like, yeah, this stuff happens and like normal people pull the bag over and over again. It's ass, it sucks. I hope that whoever's in on the game stop heist, I hope that uh you kick ass. And we've all got to remember that, like, Reddit is pumping GameStop, right? Like, they do the big pro wrestling promos. And they, like, if you've never been on Wall Street Bets. Kennedy, are you, like, aware of Wall Street Bets? I've been on there, yeah. Wall Street Bets, for people who don't, like, get the vibe. Wall Street Bets is a 24-hour casino. Yeah. And if you can imagine, like, a 24-hour casino where everyone is monologuing about what they're going through. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, like, there are times when it's super fun to be there and be part of the community and read it. And there are other times where they have to put, like, the depression and suicide hotline as a sticky on the Reddit, like, unironically. Like, it's, uh, Wall Street Bets is a place of extreme highs and lows. Yeah, and for sure. this is like this is a moment where that entire community was united behind something, and yeah. I think that they'll have win or lose. Like whether the individuals win or lose, this is a great experience in the history of that subreddit. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is a great moment for them, and they should enjoy it and revel in it because why not? Enjoy it. Get your money from GameStop and like kick me some money because this guy Biden, he's taking his time with with the checks. You know, <laughs> get it together, Joe. 
And at the end of the day, for me, I'm just enjoying this experience as someone who has always been really poor. I don't understand the stock market very much. I'm learning a lot about the stock market by having some meme stocks for a few days. And then I'll sell them, and I probably won't ever do this again because it's really stressful and bizarre. Um, It's super... I mean, listen, I'm not... Nokia is not going to be a long-term investment for me. I'm going to pull it out in like a week, and it'll probably make like... 20 bucks it's not a big deal um yeah and i actually was was thinking about this what are the what are the ethics of us as a podcast telling everybody i mean we don't tell people hey go buy nokia no but we are chanting nokia nokia unconsciously um right would you would you would i mean i don't think we're pumping nokia but i mean we are covering the news and we have a personal involvement kind of i yeah i think what's weird is that this kind of disclosure feels awkward when it should feel normal um a lot of people hear this kind of disclosure and they start to gloss over oh listen to these corporate whatever but it's the people that don't tell you anything about how they make their money or how their finances work that you should be fucking nervous about yeah those are the motherfuckers to look out for like yeah doing the shady shit yeah we're just being point blank and i mean if you're not already in on this stock thing certainly don't get in on it by the time this comes out no okay? by the time this episode <laughs> comes out it's this is over not, baby this is not an endorsement to Maybe. get in on this this is like sort of you know looking at the situation and being honest about it and so if somebody wants to read into it something weird in our intentions that's on them i'm too exhausted yeah, if one with random person shit. wants to reply it happens to the all tweet. the time now yeah it sucks i'm glad that like our haters are like bad at hosting i don't know if we've ever had a hater that's really an elite poster well i mean there was one but he's an idiot (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know i'm talking about anyway um, i'm not giving his name anytime so uh uh yeah, like there's always people that are upset about some shit or whatever. Um, we're just being honest. I think I think if people want to like d- learn about the stock market by interacting with it, I get it. Like I'm learning a lot more than I ever could have learned by just reading things about it. You know, and also like we as a podcast are, are theoretically supposed to be in support of human enjoyment of our one lives, man. Yeah. So if messing around with AMC and like sticking it to some hedge fund that you hadn't heard of a month ago like makes you feel positive about all of the other shit going on in your life then god bless go forward should we really be anti-fun leftists at a time like this that's what i want to know from a lot of the people that just insist on being down on everything right now like people are fucking depressed we can't just be anti-fun leftists right now it doesn't matter how much we want to like point out the you know lack of ethics here or the this or that there like we have to let people fucking smile and laugh in this time of great sadness stop being so fucking negative all the time it's gonna be all right There's plenty of things that you can be negative about that don't make anyone happy for the record too. Like, like, uh, like ice, ice doesn't make anyone happy. And if you want to be super negative about ice all the time, I'm in full support. Yeah. Why should people associate you with being negative about like regular people making an extra few dollars that literally impacts their ability to live? Or just like just regular people just doing stuff that they enjoy to try to like get by in these times and things like that. Like, I don't know. And I, I, you know, I'll say this too, like as somebody who just generally enjoys a little bit of responsible gambling, you can't really play like cards with real people or something like that right now. 
um it, it it was just fun to like just you know socialize a little with some people online that were all interested in this stocks thing and just like have any excuse to just like make new friends in a setting that you know i enjoy or whatever like it's a fucking lonely time and people should be like excited by like whatever wonder and discovery we can have i didn't know this was going to get so philosophical and serious but like i really feel like there's an issue with just leftists in general and i think you know even i have been guilty of this at times probably of just like you know being mad at any sort of human enjoyment because you know things are so bad and you know this enjoyment contributes to this problem and the you know blah 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 all these things but like i don't know we got to get over it at least for a little while because people are fucking too sad speaking of like sadness anger rage all of the emotions you want to talk about like the post election Republican stuff? Because I feel a little bit like, and this is like a little bit of a contrarian, you know, take, but like, I feel like they're really boosting Marjorie Taylor Greene right now. Like, they're giving her like an inordinate amount of publicity. And it feels like the same media that was like shocked and horrified by Donald Trump and got on TV every day and talked about, oh, I can't wait until I can take a, I can breathe again. Oh, I can't wait until we're talking about the work of government have you heard any articles about the work of government like in the last couple of weeks have you have you heard anybody who's genuinely like seemed to care about the inner workings of washington dc because it seems like the amount of attention that's paid to like a marjorie taylor green who is like i live here in the state and she's mad but also represents her constituents unfortunately <laughs> and like there will be like there will be some lib that went to the army that will get super rich off losing to her by 14 points. Yeah. And we'll just post on Twitter and just, just suck up that money. I wish that like we could find, I don't know. I, I just feel like y'all just did this with Trump and it feels like we're just, you guys just signal boost, whatever the worst things are in the country in order to be aghast about them. It's really interesting because wasn't they supposed to be the like things go back to normal president? Yeah. And instead, what do we have? It's the same kind of shock and awe, outrage, things not getting done about it. Government's barely moving at a snail's pace to get anything done that matters. These guys are going to fuck around and bring Trump back. I know you, I like, I feel like Bernie Sanders is really the only person that's been saying, like, they have a limited leash, and I don't think they understand how limited the leash is. No. And if something happens, and Biden gives, starts giving money to Wall Street after promising to give, like, regular people this money, and hopefully he's got some advisor that will explain to him that that can't happen. But I can believe it, like, I can imagine it, because, like, the president is not, like, a person that's just super concerned about cash assistance it's not I, i'll say this it probably won't be like one thing because the yeah. country is not a uniform place and people have yeah. different ideas about what's important politically and you know blah blah but the thing is, is that if biden just turns out to be a fucking poo poo on his shoes president to borrow some language from the democrats um <laughs> the same way that trump was right um then like the Republicans are going to have a fucking field day and either it's Donald Trump in 2024 or it's one of his fucking kids. Yeah. Or it's some fucking... Or Ted Cruz or some zombie coon that they have to be... No, it won't even have to be someone worse than that at this point, honestly. I really... That's wild to say, but it has to actually... I think it'll be worse than Cruz, yeah. It'll yeah. be like... 
Yeah. Cruz is the is the true moderate fascist that people always talk about. <laughs> that, that's really that's really amazing because I remember there was definitely a time when Ted Cruz was on the rise and people were like, "Holy shit, this guy is just going to be a thorn in everybody's side for years." And now people are like, "This guy, he's not extreme enough." People, they're on to a bigger, better hit. And unfortunately, like the hits now for that part of the country is like. Just shit you can't say on television. <laughs> um, it's shit you can't tweet. It's like where where these guys' headspaces are at are just stuff you can't say like anywhere that you don't want to like go to prison. And they treat they treat that as like we're being oppressed or whatever. And it's like none of the laws have changed. <laughs> like it didn't become legal to like take your guys and go knock over the Capitol and like <laughs> assassinate people. So, you know, you get what you bought into. And all those guys, and unfortunately, all of them were posting all the way through it. So they've got extensive paper trails. It's kind of baffling. And Gates yeah. was a parlor guy, too. Matt Gates uh, from Florida. Yep. Um, that weirdo. Do you think Donald Trump will start a political party? I don't think it necessarily matters if it does or not so much as will he go full president in exile? Because when we right. talk about the dangers of a fascist, this is like... He like opens up a, a, a powder keg, a, a barrel full of powder, and he sees that it's like half full of gunpowder right now. Yeah. And he's just like, well, I've got some more gunpowder. He really messed up, though, because, you know, when I talked about Trump running, I always imagined that Trump would leave without incident realizing that he didn't have the juice to do this this thing um and would say hey these democrats are just hysterical and they thought i was going to try to take over the country what a bunch of idiots it's been four years i've been chilling out but now this guy biden's been a nightmare i'm going to come back give me four more years i'm going to set everything right i'm going to retire you know that kind of bullshit but now i feel like a lot of people have egg on their face from like the state like they're now locked into it with the state and I feel like a lot of people are, I don't know if I'd say the word retreating, because I don't think any of the Republicans, can you think of any Republicans that have condemned anything that's happened? No! Aside from like no. freaking Romney, like they're all, they're Romney all on Romney doesn't board. count. Yeah. He's just a he libertarian doesn't. that won't admit it. Um, yeah. Because it's not, that that party doesn't have enough power. If the libertarian sure. party took like 15% in presidential elections regularly kind of party he would be in it 100 percent. Uh, no because yeah. he didn't romney care they'd kick him out the libertarians are so like fringe i mean these guys i mean I you remember know. all the heat I, that they gave your guy over driver's licenses you remember all of that like gary I, johnson yeah, I remember. I remember. yeah what was that like <laughs> what do you mean just what living like? i don't know what was what was uh, uh uh having gary johnson just in your life like well the thing is is that gary johnson was a pretty good governor <laughs> Especially in the time that he was governor. Yeah. So a lot of people here kind of like him. Even if, like, they're not the kind of people that you would expect to like him. Of course. Because they just have this personal association with him. And so, you know, a lot of people here were just kind of frustrated with, like, the weird national coverage of his presidential run where he was, like, you know, on the one hand being presented as this bizarre fringe lunatic by mainstream media. And then on the other hand, the Libertarian Party is presenting him as this milquetoast centrist who would never do anything. Um, 
This uh, guy won't even cancel driver's licenses. What a loser. Yeah, in the mainstream media, the next day will be like, Gary Johnson wants to legalize heroin. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, uh, you know, it, it was weird because like here in New Mexico, people were just kind of like, well, we know him and he's just sort of a politics guy. All um, of the business <laughs> as usual stuff in this country is like so messed up that I think that it's the contributing factor to polarization. Like things are super bad. Like this current thing is not working for anybody. Like unless yeah. you're shorting GameStop, like it's not working for you. Yeah. And so, I mean, why wouldn't a, a political figure that openly admits that and, like, you know, when he was in office, tried to, like, do some things about it, not have, like, a, you know, a fondness with some people, right? Like, now, I'm not saying I agree with a lot of what he stands for personally, but I'm just saying, like, I get why a lot of people here kind of like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Listen, I, I just want to say for the record, hey, yeah, I got I to gotta get on the record. I called it I with this like Trump shit. I feel like we've been building shit. up to this. I with this trump shit yeah yeah i said these people are crazy enough to try it and desperate enough and have no fucking qualms about giving it a shot yeah and, but uh, would you say that like in the laws of power sense that these guys like lost and it was a fiasco no okay do you think there will be a civil war in four months not necessarily no <laughs> okay yeah i'm gonna check in with certain people who made certain predictions on certain streams uh, um i without, i don't without I, digging too deep into that i i don't think i don't think there's gonna be like a i don't think there's like an incivil yeah, war yeah, still just, because just increase, i don't see the terrorism right so certainly yeah that's more of authoritarian boot looking sycophants who would like maybe have to like learn the hard way how bad yeah. it's really gonna be before they like change yeah. sides so like i don't think a civil war is just like this inevitable conclusion of like someone like donald trump trying to just like steal the power in this country like this feels to me a lot of the times like this sort of an extension of the sort of like working class is a sleeping giant logic where like somehow the working class is also like a sleeping army yeah. and we're super not um and i say this as somebody who has like prepper type experience because of living rural and being a farmer and stuff and who like you know has done like target shooting with a rifle somewhat regularly for most of my life also and things like that i, I we're not ready for this <laughs> yeah yeah so what are you gonna do with your nokia money so i don't expect it to be a lot of money and my plan is to make a meme i'm gonna buy multiple yachts but I like what you're doing too. Uh, I, I I'm gonna make a a humorous video, probably. I'm thinking about I love the details. That. <laughs> I love that. And listen, you can shoot your humorous video on one of my gold yachts. Perfect, because uh, not both at once, but like I'll like we'll we'll get on one and we'll. If make I can just video. borrow one, that'll be plenty. Yeah, and then I then I can show the world that I'm a true Nokia millionaire. Yeah, we've got to, we can't be greedy. You know, we can't become what we hated. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to a future where we can all share our gold yachts together. Well, my yacht's going to be 100% green. Like no color. Are we talking shades of green? Or are we just talking like a flat I'm talking. Green? I'm talking green energy, Brandon. Because oh, I, okay. I, I, I'm, green, I'm greenwashing yacht ownership is what that's going to be my big gateway into the communities of the rich. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Let me get on that with you. <laughs>
we'll, we'll, we'll bring solar powered yachts. It'll be great. Solar power. We can sell that to the military. We'll make lots of money. We'll make lots of money. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the Nokia Millionaires podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, is, this has been great. And, and we were a couple days late with the new episode. It's just been an incredible time in human history. And the content is just going to be a little rocky. But you can make it more consistent by going to patreon.com slash not safe. Send us a few bucks and just letting us know you're, you're there. Love what we do uh, and join the many people that do. Because we're killing it out here. Uh, I saw you on the Chris Richards. And that's got, that did huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. How was that? That was like off the wall. I was really random kind of. But like Chris and I, you know, obviously Chris was one of the first people to really give this show support. And like he's a he's he's a true like ride or die, you know, from the very beginning. And uh, so Chris and I, you know, we've always been on good terms. We talk occasionally and stuff. And uh, yeah, we just kind of had this thought of like he he didn't have a guest and any or anybody to be on the show. And I was like, yeah, I could I could come on. And we just ended up chopping it up really talking about a lot of really interesting things that I think spoke to just a lot of things that are on people's minds, especially that are on left Twitter a lot. But even if you're not, uh, including like, who do we make alliances with? And where do you draw the line with like fascism and things like that? And uh, it was really well received. And I was really surprised to see it do so well in some ways, but also not because, you know, we're both good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Listen, you had Chris on kick super ass it was good to see you guys kicking some super ass together for a while people can go in and watch that after they're done listening to this i suppose because that was like there's so much historical perspective and stuff but even though there was a lot of talk about like twitter personalities it still was like really interesting to listen to yeah absolutely and i'll probably be on his show more in the future i love that and hint all right uh so yeah, if you don't follow Chris Richards, he's the eclectic radical on Twitter. He's a good guy. You should follow him. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm going to follow you out of the booth. Uh, it's been a great <laughs> episode, and, and hopefully we have lots more great episodes like this one. Just chopping it up about the news and history and Trump. Is he good? Is he bad? We're still not sure, but we're leaning towards bad. He seems not great. Not good. Um. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to you next time. We'll do better, better and higher. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.